You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1266. The seller does not care if you want to buy their house. They do not care that you want to make money. They don't care about you. They care about them. That's really important. So you need to focus on that and say, Mr. Seller, hey, if I can help you, if this is a good fit for you and you see benefit, then I'd like to find a way to make the deal work. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. So today we're going to talk about the six things that you should never say to a motivated seller. All right, so let's talk about the six things that you should never say to a motivated seller. You know, sometimes I hear people say, hey, you know, what should I say to X? And, or what should I say that to the seller when? And I like to rewind, you know, five, six, seven steps and say, okay, well, this isn't more about what you should say. It's more about what you shouldn't say. I can tell you that uh, I have trained and worked with dozens of acquisition specialists. And I can tell you that the best acquisition specialists say less. They hardly say anything. And when we used to all work in the office together, you know, I would see that I would hear more noise coming from the best acquisition people's headpiece, right? You know, they used to wear the headpieces and so you could hear it faintly and you'd hear lots of talking going in, you know, through the the earpiece versus the people who did all of the talking. And so I have one acquisition specialist who probably we've made close to $10 million in gross assignment fees together. And I can tell you that he is highly trained on these things not to say to a motivated seller. And so I'm gonna teach them to you today. So number one, is you are motivated or you have a problem or you need to take care of this. (laughs) Now, it may seem imperative to you that if a seller is going into foreclosure and they're gonna lose their house in a week and they're not doing anything that you need to tell them. And you have to understand the way that human psychology works is the farther that you press, the farther that you tell a seller that they need your help or that they should be motivated or that they should be taking your offer on the spot because of a timeline, no matter how right you are, you are less likely to do the deal. Now, if a seller is really in trouble and they know it, they probably already know it. But because of ego and pride and just being in the situation, the more that you say you're motivated or you have a problem or you need to take care of this, the more the seller is going to fight you and the more that they are going to feel the need to be right, okay? And by the way, that's really the context for all of these six that I'm gonna share with you, right? Is that the more that you tell a seller they need to do, the more likely they are that they're gonna be pulling away. So instead of that, I might say, hey, you know, the good thing is, it sounds like you can wait six months and just wait for a buyer. So that is the complete opposite. That's a technique that we use called the stealth mismatch, right? I could say, look, it doesn't look like you've got a problem. You've looked like you got it handled. Or I might say, hey, you know, it looks like you've got this fully under control. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure you need me. And then listen. So why do most people not say that? It's because they are afraid the seller is going to agree with them. 
And guess what? Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. But the technique will tell you, okay, actually where their headspace is. All right, number two, and this is a biggie. This place needs a lot of work. If you're ever going through a property, you should never, ever tell a seller that their property needs a lot of work. Now, you may be thinking, Todd, what if it's a wreck? They need to know. Well, I can tell you that sellers are smart, right? And if their property needs work, they know it. And so the more that you tell them the property needs work, the more they are going to start to trivialize and in their mind, act like you are overblowing this. So my technique for doing this is if you're in the property and you're looking at, let's say, a leak underneath the sink and you see a bunch of mold underneath there, instead of saying, oh, you know, oh, Mr. Seller, this is bad. You know, there's a lot of mold underneath here. Get on your hands and knees, look at the mold, look at the sink, look at the drip and just look at it and spend some time looking at it. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. And then just write something down. Now, the difference between the two, and by the way, you could do that with you know, siding on the side of the house. You could do that with a ton of spider webs. You could do that with nasty carpet. You could do the house being filled with a ton of stuff, right? All of those things that you want to do. But if you say it, you're confrontational and you give the seller the opportunity now to defend that position. If you just look and the seller now sees how you feel, now they're going to go into defense mode, right? In that, oh, uh, uh, that's no big deal. And if I don't respond, right, and the seller just is has to guess what I'm thinking, this puts me in a much better position to get the deal. So don't give them in a position to argue against what you're saying, right? Let them negotiate against themselves. All right, number three. You know, there are a lot of situations where we deal with sellers who have bad tenants, who are not paying or My personal favorite is when they have a son or a daughter in the property living for free, or they have a son, daughter, cousin, brother, neighbor who says they want to, quote unquote, buy the house, okay? Which, by the way, never going to (laughs) happen. And the tenant is not going to pay. And their daughter who's living in the property rent-free is not all of a sudden going to get a job and start paying, uh, and either is her boyfriend. and so. The worst thing that you could say is the tenants won't pay or that your son and daughter will not pay or that your relative is not going to buy the property. It's really important that you get the seller to say that, right? So again, I'm going to employ the stealth mismatch, one of my favorite techniques of selling. So instead of saying the tenants will not pay, I'll say, hey, the good thing is, right? It sounds like your tenants pay on time and you expect them to pay on time for the next six months. And then just listen. Or I might say, hey, you know, it sounds like your son-in-law or your daughter's boyfriend is going to get a job and is going to be able to pay rent and take take care of the property. You see that? I'm going to go the opposite. Or, hey, the good thing is it sounds like they've got the finances, they've got the loan all lined up, and they'll probably close here in 30 days. Right now, I'm going to start to flush this out, right? You notice I go the opposite. All right, number four. Ooh, pretend like you're negotiating, right? And the seller says a number and then you say, I'll give you X. What I don't like about that is that it's too final. It's too abrupt. It's too much conflict, right? It it just gives 
the seller too much ammunition to walk away or get offended. And so instead of saying, I'll give you X, number one is that you want the seller always to say a number, but I might say, Mr. Seller, what if, what if I could give you in the 65 to 70,000 dollar range. I mean, is that even something that you consider or probably not? Oh, I love that, right? So soft and non-confrontational. And the seller, even if they don't like their number, they're going to be like, no, that's way too low. But, you know, maybe I take X. So you want to soften that up. You want to frame it like a question. You want to give it a range, but it's all about your tone, right? Don't be a jerk. You want to add those little cushions, right? So that you want to give them the reason to like you and root for you and want to be able to do the deal, right? The next thing that I would say is someone says, oh, well, I'd love to be able to do business or I'd love to buy your house or I'd really like to help you. And I can't stand that because it's just filler. The seller does not care if you want to buy their house. They do not care that you want to make money. They don't care about you. They care about them. That's really important. So you need to focus on that and say, Mr. Seller, hey, if I can help you, if this is a good fit for you and you see benefit, then I'd like to find a way to make the deal work, right? And so I've got to find out, right, what makes this a good deal for you to help you move on to the next phase of your life. You see that, right? And so I'm focused on them and not me. If I'm like, hey, I'd love to get this done, well, the seller does not give a darn, right? So find out like, hey, what's what's important to you? How, how can I help you move on, right? And if I could do that, then I'd love to make this work. But first, I've got to focus on you. So keep the conversation about them. What's a win for them? What do they need to do to take the next step? What's going to make them emotionally at a spot to be able to move on to the next phase of their lives? Okay, now, this one is a doozy. And I'm telling you right now, I hear more investors say this than anything. If I was with you in the same room, man, one of the things we used to do is we used to have water guns in the office. If someone said this, we used to be able to shoot them with a Nerf gun or uh, with a water pistol. (laughs) And so the other one just said, hey, I might be able to come up on price or I might be able to do a little better where they would make an offer right? And the seller doesn't say anything or they're thinking about it or they haven't gotten back to them. And automatically they say, you know, I might be able to come up on price a little bit. Like I might be able to do 80,000. You know, I might be able to do a little bit better than that. Right. But you know, I think my offer would be in that range. Oh man, if you're listening to this, you know, you're guilty. I'm talking to you right now. If you're listening to this, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you see me pointing at you, or if you're listening on a podcast or uh, social media, I'm talking to you. And so There's no reason to say that because the seller's initial reaction, think about this, is like, okay, well, the offer that you gave me is not real, right? Well, give me the new higher price. If you say I could come up on price, well, then you might as well not even give an offer at all, right? Because of course the seller is going to be like, well, give me the lower price or give me the higher price. Oh, I'll take the higher price. So just be quiet. If you give an offer, if you give a number, right, just listen, wait. It's okay for this awkward silence, right? What if I could give you $70,000 for the property, right? Is is that something that you'd even consider or, or probably not? Now, I can let this awkward pause 
exist. The world is not going to end. (laughs) It sounds like an eternity, but that whole sequence I just did right there was probably like six seconds. It felt like, you know, 10 minutes, right? But let the seller talk. If the seller ghosts you, don't automatically come up on price because that's going to really, really, really scare them. Okay. So here are the six things again. Going to do a quick review. Number one, don't tell a seller they're motivated. Don't tell them they have a problem. Don't tell them they need to take care of this. Go the opposite, right? Tell them they're just fine, right? Let them come to you. Number two, don't tell them their place needs a lot of work, right? Use your hand motions, use your expressions, write stuff down. Awkward pauses. Three, don't tell them their tenants will not pay. Their son or daughter will all of a sudden start paying rents or maybe uh, that their kids will not buy the property. Use the stealth mismatch, say the opposite. Let them see what happens. Don't just come out to a seller and say, I'll give you X, right? Just say it almost like a question, like a suggestion. Maybe you could throw in, hey, what if I could give you 65 into the 70,000 range? Is that something that you'd consider or probably, probably not? And then walk away right? I'd love to buy your house or I'd love to do business. The seller does not care. They care about them. So say, how can this be a win for you, Mr. Seller? Right? How can I help you move on to the next phase of your life? And lastly, I might be able to come up on price. Oh, hate that one, right? Ask the seller, listen, um, what if I could give you $70,000 for the property? Is that something that you'd even consider? Or probably not. And then shut up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You'll survive. Okay. I'm telling you, if you do this stuff, you're going to make a ton of money, right? I want to see you do big, fat, juicy wholesale deals, right? 35, 40, $50,000. You can do it. You got to work on your sales skills here. Got to work on your communication skills. This is your profession. Get really good at it. And I promise you, you will make a ton of money. And I will talk to you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.